as we sing songs of resurrection, we can talk about things and think, wait a minute, I've heard this before, I've heard this before, and if you're not careful, we can be just like the church at Corinth saying, hey, would we preach something different than just Jesus, his salvation and resurrection? Well, we talked about this morning in Catalyst that the word Jesus and obviously the meaning of the resurrection is essential to what we believe. Would that be a true statement? Just as water and food is essential to our life, so is the message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Now, you think of every world leader, uh, world religion that had a leader, and all of their leaders are dead. Now, they still follow their leader. They give uh, credibility to their leaders, but uh, Christianity is the only one that says our leader, our founder, our God, he did die. Yes, he did die. But guess what? Three days later, he rose again just as he said he would. Amen? So we serve a risen Savior, not a dead Savior, and don't ever leave him on the cross. You can't stop there. Uh, we got so many friends that wear a crucifix. I would not wear a crucifix because Jesus Christ is not dead. That's an old relic from time past. He did die. He was buried, and three days later, he rose again. Remember that. The resurrection is imperative. So today, as part of our Grow Up series, we're getting to the end of 1 Corinthians. We're almost finished with 1 Corinthians after all this long while. And here's our title for our sermon today. A resurrected Christ is fundamental to our faith. How many of you ever played any kind of sports, even from Pee Wee League all the way through, maybe collegiate or beyond? Raise your hand if you did. How many times did your coach say, uh, we're working on the what? Fundamentals. And then you say, the fundamentals are not the first three letters, right? Fun. Fundamentals in sports are never fun. It's hard work. you got to do the same drill over and over and over again. And by the time you finish with the drills, you're like, this game's not even fun. We're not even playing the game that we actually set up to play, whether it be football, basketball, baseball. The fundamentals of running poles and the fundamentals of, of hitting someone bigger than yourself that you'll never hit during a game uh, in football. The, all the fundamentals that we talk about uh, are not fun. All the time, unless you're bigger and stronger than the guy that you're hitting or you're really good with the bat or you're really good with the ball or whatever it might be. Then the fundamentals become a domineering issue that you can actually have fun with others. But fundamentals are important that when we put the game together on game day or whatever the time is for the band or the orchestra, that everyone has to put something together in life. If you're at workplace or your home life, everything has to come together. And actually on the time that it's important for it to actually be whatever showtime, game time, life, period, it's got to come together, and everyone does their part. If there's a missing element, obviously we know there's a critical missing element uh, within our life. We talked about this morning, the essential elements of life are, are what? Food and water, shelter, right? Those things that we actually need, air. We talk about the things that we need to live. Same thing for the Christian life. There's the essential, uh, the essential message of Jesus Christ. By the way, there is a danger area back here, too, with babies. I just said, why? Uh, yeah, I missed it. So that whole back row, those two back rows right there, uh, our church is a very uh, popular place to be. Uh, if, uh, and we're so thankful to God about all these new babies coming into our, our, our lives. Well, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to see something that Paul is telling the church here at Corinth. He's finishing up, it seems like, that he's been after them. This church, as we started, uh, there was some corruption in the church. There were some people who reported, if you will, the people in the church. They said, hey, listen, there's things going on, Paul, in the church of Corinth that should not be happening in the church. Uh, there's some really uh, inappropriate things happening. There's some preference in the church. People saying, listen, I've choose Paul. I choose Apollos. Remember those? That's been like light years ago that we read that scripture in chapter 1. 
And Paul says, listen, your preference should not take place in the house of God. You should not say, I like this one better than that one. You can have your preference, but you don't fight over your preference. They were having divisions within the church, and they would sit in different places about who was who preferred what and what group preferred what speaker. And then they had problems of, oh, we just love everybody. And they loved people so much that they allowed sin in people's lives to happen within the church. We know if we read the scripture, it says, and there was a man in your church who has his father's wife, meaning his stepmother, meaning he's having inappropriate relationships that was very inappropriate with family, within family. There were things that actually made God, if you will, sick of the sin uh, that brings about in life. And the church was con- uh, condoning it by saying, you know what, we're just going to let it happen because we just love them. We just love them. And there were other things. They were suing each other. They were going to court over the smallest of things. Paul said, listen, can you not find a wise man in your church? Don't go to court. Brother should not go to court against brother. You should not go and take a spiritual matter to the secular courts. Don't do it. Handle it within the church of God. Have arbitration within the body of Christ. So Paul has gone through all these things that the church at Corinth has been battling over. Yes, they're truly Christians. They're not all Christians. There's a lot of people in the church that are religious. Uh, There's some in the church, as we've read, they like the old way. Oh, Oh, that's the new way? Well, let's take the old way and mix it with the new way, and that's how we'll live. And there were people saying, no, we're brand new creations in Christ. We're living for Jesus Christ alone. Others like, no, 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 we're going to bring some of the traditions in because what we used to do was fun. It actually made, made it feel like more I had a worship experience when I actually could do something. And so you had all these complications within the church. We told you before the church was some probably five years old. It's a brand new church, and, and they, were, they were even getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. How about that for a church? This truly was the church of God because they, they had Christians within the church, but there was all these fouls going on within the church. So now Paul's going to come back, and he's going to bring them back to a summary, if you will, from picking up where we left off last week. Paul's going to come back, and he's going to focus on the resurrection. Now, he does it in uh, kind of a strange way. He goes into the negative. He's going to come back, and the same things. Paul's given the argument that you will face today in America, in our secular society. Uh, People love God. You can talk about God any way you want to, right? You can say that there is no God, and they'll go out of their way to tell you there is no God. They'll fight. They'll argue. There is no God. Atheists will just, they'll, they'll want to actually do things to just, they'll, they even put up billboards in uh, large cities to, to say there is no God. I personally don't believe in fairies, and I never will preach a message against fairies. Did you know that? I don't believe in trolls. I'm not going to preach against trolls. Even the old purple dinosaur back in the day, Mr. Barney, I don't believe in Barney. That he's real, right? I'm not going to preach against things that I do not believe are not real. So to fight against something that you actually are adamant about, there is no God, tells you that we're going to see the scripture here. They can't help themselves because they know deep down in their soul, their heart of hearts, there is a God. But if you, don't, if you recognize there is a God, then you have to go to the next step saying, does God or that God have something to say to me today? We've seen in Paul in Athens, well, he talked about it, right? You've got a statue to the unknown God. Let me tell you who he is. And they're like, hmm, well, listen. And they listened up until the point that he talked about a resurrected Jesus, and then they backed off and said, whoa, 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 are you talking about somebody who come back from the dead? We can't hear this. We can't have this. The Bible says very few believed. Today, when we preach Jesus Christ, listen, we understand here at 250 Town Creek Road, and, and we know it's a holiday weekend. People are traveling. We know, by the way, just FYI, public service announcement, COVID's going around again. Did you know that? 
And we know of at least nine people that have COVID that I know personally that have COVID. Not in my house, but I, personally I know from the school or here at church. Uh, here's what I want you to understand. When we understand as a people, right, every kind of person comes to a gathering somewhere, concerts. We just happen to be gathered here today to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We come today, and some of you say, I just came because I was forced to. I spent the night with so-and-so or, or somebody made me come, and therefore I'm here. But I'll, listen, you're here for a reason. God has a message for you to hear today. Uh, whatever reason that you're here, whatever your purpose is, whatever your force issue was, we're glad that you're here and hear this because this is how we all received the Lord Jesus Christ. It was through the preaching of the Word of God. Let's go to the Scripture of Wood, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to actually pick up in verse 12. That's where, we're going to, where we left off last week, verse 11. Paul's going to go, kind of go in a negative uh, approach here, and then he's going to go right into the positive. He says this, Now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Is that happening today? Our people say, listen, I'm good with God, maybe. And Jesus, I believe he was a good man. I believe Jesus was a prophet of God, but I don't believe he was a son of God. The, the Muslims are taking, there's, it's on YouTube right now, there's a lot of imams or students that are taking passages of Scripture and trying to prove against the Christian that, listen, he was not God, he was the son of God, or it's what he said about himself, and therefore how could he be God if he never said he was God? Did Jesus ever say he was God in the Bible? He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says in John 17, I and the Father are one. Go back and read what he says. John 1.1, 1, 1, go through John 3.16. You see, there is no life, uh, eternal life, except through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is but one way. Now, that one way sounds like, who are you to tell me there's one way? FYI, I'm not telling you. I'm just actually reading the words of Jesus Christ, right? He's telling you through me or through his word. It's his word that speaks. When God has spoken, listen, it's done. Whether you believe it or not, that's between you and he. Would you agree? There's one day coming. You say, well, I trust that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Based on the authority of the word of God, I can tell you that you're going to heaven and you'll be at the judgment seat of Christ and you'll be rewarded for your good deeds done in this life and you'll be actually accessed to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Congratulations. But if you say, listen, I've never seen Jesus and I don't believe all that. I believe Jesus was a good man. I got news for you. You're going to see God too. But you're going to be at the great white throne judgment, seeing him as your judge, and he's going to ask you, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? We just read the Philippian passage that says, every tongue is going to confess, every knee will bow, and say that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And he's going to, listen, he's going to tell those people at the great white throne judgment, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of sinfulness. Or, listen, when you come to the place, that's, that's the old word, right? But it's just sinfulness. You workers of iniquity, we don't use that word anymore. That's why I say sinfulness. You practice your sins. You loved your sins. You said nice things about Jesus, but listen, you didn't believe in him as your only way to heaven, as my only begotten son. You didn't trust him because I told you I put all of my wrath, all of my punishment on him on the cross that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. The most, listen, we've seen Tim Tebow back in the day. We've seen it in stadiums. You see it on Sports Center. People holding up signs, John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16, right? People with banners. Well, what are they trying to get out? So if you even took a Bible, what are they talking about, John 3.16? Oh, that's a passage in the Bible. What happens when you turn to John 3.16? Let's do it just for a moment if we could. Could you do it for, with me right now? If you had no idea and somebody said, well, that's a reference in the Bible, and you find the book of John, and you turn to verse 316. Now, please do it because some of you are saying, I already got it memorized. I memorized that in third grade. 
Good for you. I want you to turn there for a second, if you would. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? And I want you to hear and read what the word of God says for yourself. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what, church? Everlasting life. And then he transitions says, for God did not send Jesus. And by the way, this is Jesus speaking about himself. In your Bible, if you have a red letter edition, it's red. It's Jesus saying about himself. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through, that the world through him might be what? Saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin and destruction. You will be saved for, uh, to eternal life. He who believes in him, that's Jesus, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You say, well, can there be people in this church building and every church in town that's going and people outside the cutting the grass doing whatever they're doing today, can they actually hear the message and hear the truth of Jesus and not believe? And the answer is absolutely yes. Look at verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Your neighbor, your coworker, your professor, your teacher, whoever it might be, listen, they will not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ after they've heard because their deeds are evil. They don't want to believe. They like their, their alcohol. They like their way they talk. They like the way they live. They like everything about themselves because if I have to change, that means i got to be like you or i got to be like the Word. I can't be holy because I'm me. I'm just me. We blame our backgrounds, do we not? Uh, the way I was raised or my family background or I was treated wrongly, I was abused, fill in the blank. Listen, we've got to come to the place that we own up that we are who we are today because of God. Amen? He's given you, he let you go through all that stuff. He kept you. If you're here today, he kept you through it. But he's going to see you through it. And actually, he wants you to go beyond and fulfill the purpose that he made you for. You have a, you, can you end with a preposition? Hey, listen, he, he, he's got a purpose for your life. He wants you to fulfill it. Let's go through the word. Let's go back into the word if we could. Paul is going to say, listen, he's very clear. He's going to transition that there's people that are in the church believing and preaching and teaching that Jesus Christ is not resurrected. There is no room for a Bible teacher in our church that says there is no resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you ever hear that in our church, let me know. If it's come from any of our leaders, they will be dismissed that week. Amen? There's no room for somebody to disagree on that point. You cannot be a Bible preaching, teaching Christian and deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you do, listen, listen, you're, you're just the same as the atheist. You say there is no God because you're saying the word of God is void and I know more than God if there is a God. There's no room for that in the church of God. Amen? Because we're to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And he's going to transition, verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Ask your people who at work and other places say, I believe when you die, you just turn to dirt. So Paul said, listen, this is how it is. Keep going, verse 4. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ Jesus, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. Are you following his argument so far? that we're, we're wasting our time, we're even lying. He's going to even go further. And if, verse 17, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, have perished. 
If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all to be more, um, all men, the most pitiable. Poor, poor you. You believed in Jesus? Sorry, you wasted all your life. All your neighbors, all your friends, coworkers, they're out partying, having all the fun of the world, and poor you, you followed all those religious rules, you followed all those religious laws, you did, you were Miss Goody Goody and Mr. Goody Goody, and you were holier than thou, you did all the right stuff, and look, you're just gonna turn the dirt like everybody else. You should have partied it up at poor you. They would shake your head at you. What? Stay with the word. That's why you continue to read what the Word of God says. Paul's going to transition from verse 19. Poor, poor you, Christian. He's going to turn back around. Watch this, verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, that's Adam, by man also came the resurrection of, of the dead. That's Jesus. Or the Bible calls him the second Adam. Verse 22. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made Alive. Now, that's not just everybody's going to live again, even though everyone's going to be resurrected. Did you know that? Every single one of us, at the point of conception, you're living. You know, we've just put on a Supreme Court justice that said she can't tell when life starts, when life begins. And she can't tell what a woman is. This is the woman who's actually going to be on the, she's on the Supreme Court now, who's going to be making, uh, overseeing the laws of our land, and she's so complicated that she can't even figure out what a, when a baby, when a life begins, and she's so complicated that she can't tell what a woman is. Can you imagine that we would have such people leading us today? I think she's a good person, I guess, as far as humans go. But listen, she, her beliefs is she wants to be so politically correct that she would not be biblically correct. God forbid that you would live a life like that. That's the people I pity. Let's continue. Verse 23, but each one, only, each one in his own order, Christ, the firstfruits, afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power. Verse 25, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is what? What does your Bible say? Death. Praise God. Amen. Verse 27, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who puts all things under him is accepted. That means God the Father. Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him, as God the Father, who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. This is the finale of it all, y'all. Paul's getting us to the very end when eternity is rolling as it should. Verse 29, otherwise, here's a complicated verse, and not, no one has a good explanation for this. I'm going to give you my best one at it, right? So if you want a star verse in the Bible that's one of the most complicated verses, this is the one. Now, our friends that are Latter-day Saints, uh, they call themselves Mormons, uh, they call themselves the church. They take this complicated verse, they take it, they extract it, and they actually do this on your behalf. They actually practice baptism for the dead. They actually practice baptism for the living as well, that they baptize somebody for you, meaning your name has come up on their list and brother so-and-so was baptized for your brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. They just sit and baptize. Some people baptize up to a thousand times for so many people on these lists that they have, of people that's ever lived. But Paul says this, otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead if the dead do not rise at all? 
Why then are they baptized for the dead? Do we ever, have you ever seen baptism for the dead here at church? No, because we do not practice it, and no, nor should the Corinthian church. Paul is very clear. He's going to transition what? Don't do this. And why do you stand in, uh, and why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Verse 33, this is something your grandma probably told you when you were younger. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You ever been told that? Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. That's, this is in the church, and I speak this to your shame, Paul says. Should we be shamed in our beliefs sometimes if we deny the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're sitting in the pews, if you're in a classroom in the church, if you say, I'm, I'm a Christian too, and you live opposite the knowledge of God through salvation in Christ alone, shame on you. That's what Paul says. What a waste of time that you're coming, and you've got to be careful because you get inoculated every week. You, I already know this message. Man, I said Merry Christmas on December 25th, and I say Happy Easter when it's coming up this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it all over again, but... Man, these songs are the same old songs, the songs. I've heard this a thousand times. And what happens is you can get so numb to the truth that you get far from the truth. You live it out opposite of what the truth says. I want you to go to your notes, if you would, there in the bulletin. If you didn't receive one, we have extra bulletins if you'd like to take notes on the back. I want to give this to you so you can actually talk about these around the water cooler, so you can actually have a conversation, if you will, during the week. Here's the first thing I want you to see here Paul's talking about. The very heart of the gospel Paul preached was a resurrected Christ. In your conversations, in your discussions about God, you've got to be the path to a resurrected Lord Jesus. If you talk about a Jesus' death on the cross, that's important. But you know what? There were two thieves that died on that cross that day too. So what? They were thieves. Did they die for anyone? Maybe they, Barabbas, maybe Jesus was his substitute, right? They, they died. Maybe somebody got away. There was a, maybe there was some robberies going on and, and the other guys got away, so they died on their behalf. We don't know. When I was, told, when I was a kid, someone told me, I don't know who told me, it was in a Sunday school class, they told me there was only one person ever died on the cross, and that was Jesus. They, they was, it was wrong because I'm like, well, there was three that day, right? So crucifixion was a method that the Romans used. The truth is there was one died on the cross, he really did die, but he died for everyone's sins. He really did take those sins, and he was punished by the Father. All of your sins, all your iniquities were laid on him, the Bible says. He took them on. He had never had any impurity. He never had sin in his life. All those sins were laid on him. And by his blood, the Bible says, listen, we've been set free if we trust in what he did for us on the cross. He did die. He was put in a borrowed tomb, and the Bible says he was resurrected the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, we either have to believe this or say, ah, I can't get my hands around that, my head around that. I can't either, just for the record. But the Bible says when God speaks that truth into your life, Mike mentioned earlier, it, you, you can't get all the facts, trust me. Because if you knew everything, guess uh, that would make you God. And you're never going to be God. It's by faith. When the Holy Spirit, he tugs on your heart and says, listen, you need to listen because you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. You're a sinner, and you're going straight to hell if you died today. You need to hear that. Let me say that again. If you've never given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a sinner like all the rest of us. 
you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going straight to hell if you died today. You say, Pastor, makes people uncomfortable. Good. Guess what that made me? That's what the preacher told me. Son, you're going to hell. You're going straight to hell. And the way I was living and the things I was doing, listen, guess where I was going? Straight to hell. He said, well, well, you said a profession when you were a kid. You said something. You were baptized as a kid. Listen, a lot of people get wet when they're young, do they not? During vacation Bible schools, we got preachers can get you fired up, get you rallied up. You can be singing and you can get right into the moment and you can make a decision. You can say some things and you walk out of, whoa, it's good to be in the house of the Lord and get Monday morning and then you get right back into that same old rut. You're a new creation, the Bible says, when you're giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. When he invites you to his party, if you will, when he invites you to his family, when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you're made brand new. Your mouth starts saying new words. Your actions are new. Your life starts to transition. Yes, there's still you, because the Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit. There's always that opportunity. You're bumping up against yourself at all corners. But you're different. When, you're, when someone actually speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ, you go, oh, I'm a Christian too. Let's talk. And you want to, you just find this commonality with someone, your spirit like connects with their spirit, even if you never met them before. They might be a total stranger and then you run into them and find out they're a Christian, you're a Christian, and something just draws you together. Well, that something is a somebody and his name is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, right? Let's continue. I want you to see this in notes. He said, well, that's strange to me. It was strange to me too and it's still strange to me. Right? It's, it's incredible how God does this because he's supernatural. Since the time Christ was resurrected from the dead, people have chosen, listen to this, to not believe and desire to leave others away from the truth. They're not satisfied with them not believing. They want you not to believe as well. That's why I told you the atheists will put up billboards in big cities. That's why they'll actually have Sunday school. Did you know they're having Sunday school for children for atheists, how can you? I don't under, quite understand it, but they're, they're taking a page out of the church book, I guess. They're having Sunday school for for children of atheists, so they can teach you not to believe in a god that doesn't exist. Does that sound crazy to anybody else? Does that sounds crazy that a man can be a woman if he wants to be. Does that sound crazy? Can a woman be a man if she wants to be? Listen, the word is binary to death. The buzzword, right? Gen Z, right? There's either man or there's woman. In God's image, he created them. There is no other. There is no other. You can't identify as a pumpkin at Halloween. Amen? I guess you can today, but you can identify almost as anything. But how foolish we as adults and Christians say, let this mess happen in our lives. I'll not stand for that. I'll stand for Christ and his righteousness. Let's continue. It is a profession of faith, meaning, listen, we say it with our mouth. It is a profession of faith that God has raised Jesus from the dead, that salvation is given. It's something that you do. You say, well, do I have a part in salvation? God calls you through a still, quiet voice. He, he, something happens, and that's not a, a biblical voice. You don't hear a voice, but you're drawn to the truth saying, man, I know for a fact, man, deep down, if I died today, I would not go to heaven because I've never given my heart life to Jesus Christ. There's that drawing of yourself. How does it feel? I don't know. Our personalities are all different, but God brings us to himself saying, you need to respond today. And you're like, ah, oh, you're fighting and you're resisting. It's like tying knots in a rope. You just keep tying yourself up going, if I do this, then this is going to happen. There's, an out, there's a decision. After every decision, there's a consequence. And then another decision, and it continues on and on. 
You'll get all knotted up. Here's the deal. If you're confused, that's not from God. The invitation is simple. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, meaning saved from your sins, saved from destruction, saved from hell. And it's like a loving father saying, come here, child, let me, let me help you. And all you got to do is reach up and say, I want your help. You have to receive the gift that he gives you. That's what the Bible is very clear about. So that profession of faith, uh, Romans 10, 9 through 13. Uh, and little kids used to think, and kids, I know you're in the room today, when somebody says, would you like to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Sometimes when I used to, I used to be a children's minister for 13 years, little kids think Jesus is going to come into their heart and blow them up. So if you ask a little kid, do you want to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? No! I don't want him to come into my life because he might come in and make me big and blow me up. My little body can't take big him. So they're concrete thinkers sometimes. It's not your heart, your bloody muscle, right, that he's talking about. It's who you are. When I used to ask our kids, do you love grandma? How much do you love grandma? The kid would stretch this much like this with all my heart. You ever said that? I love him or her. I love it with all my heart. And that's who you are. That's the soul of you. With all of my soul, I love you. And that's what the Bible is saying. Listen, if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our, all of our soul that is within me, that Jesus Christ, Lord, that God raised him from the dead, and then we tell the world, we tell God and we tell the world, listen, Christ is risen from the dead. I believe God raised him from the dead to forgive me of my sins. When we profess that, confess that, with our mouth, and we believe that with all of our hearts, the Bible says, then we're saved. It says God's not partial. Don't matter what your skin color is, don't matter what your background is, don't matter what continent you're dwelling on, the Bible says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How are they going to be saved? Somebody's got to preach. Somebody's got to say it. Well, how's faith going to come? It comes by reading the word of God. It's amazing to think about it and how God works it out. It sounds complicated, does it not? Unless you're God. God says, I see it straightforward. I've already put it out there. It is so easy a child can understand how to get to heaven. But it's so complicated that the most brilliant minds say, but what about all these other factors? You've been in that struggle before? I was there. It doesn't matter your age. If you've never given your heart and life, if you don't know that you know that you know, listen, you'll have struggles for your soul. That's what Paul's telling the church. Listen, some of you are religious and you deny the resurrection by your life. You don't have to say, I deny Jesus' resurrection. You don't have to, that's not what he's physically saying, even though some were teaching that. But by your lifestyle and by your living, you will not commit to God through the way he says so. So therefore, you're denying the resurrection by your life and you're walking it out and you're saying, oh, how I love Jesus. Sort of, kind of, oh, how I love Jesus, right? Sort of, kind of, my way. Because you'll hear people, if you have discussions in our community, you'll say, my God would never. Well, if your God don't line up with the God of the Bible, you've got a false God. You've made up some stuff. And your made-up God's going to lead you straight to heaven. Not, you're going to hell, right? You don't get to heaven on your own merits or on your own way. You will either do it God's way or you'll do it your way. Amen? I know this is heavy, but this is what the church of Corinth was doing. They were saying all kinds of different things. Hey, we like Paul. We like Paul. So they were divided all the time. 
even on the very point of Jesus Christ saying the resurrection, nah, you don't need the resurrection. I don't really believe. That happened over in the Middle East, and we're over here in Europe, so I ain't sure I believe that. If I believe that, then what, what does that mean? If Jesus really did die on the cross and he really was resurrected, what does that mean? That means there's but one way. That gate opens, swings one way, and it's a very narrow gate, a very narrow path. Those who walk in it are saved. Those who refuse are separated from God. The Broadway, Matthew 7, will lead you straight to hell. Amen? It's truth of Jesus. All right, let me get through your notes really quick, if you would. Through faith in the resurrected Lord Jesus, a believer can never perish but has eternal life. Amen? Some people teach today you can lose your salvation. Get away from those people. If you're one of them, then read your Bible. You're, you're in error. You're in gross error. Christ Jesus is the promised first fruits from the dead. When I was a kid, I used to struggle with that when I read that. I'm like, wait a minute, Lazarus was raised from the dead because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So Lazarus is before Jesus, so therefore Lazarus beat Jesus, so therefore this scripture can't, it's got, it's, it's messed up. Lazarus died again. I didn't realize that. I wouldn't have thought it when I was a kid, right? The first fruits is that harvest, when the harvest comes in, the first fruits were assigned to God. Therefore Jesus, he was resurrected and he lives forevermore. Amen? He's a permanent first fruits. He has never died and he will never die again after his death, burial, and resurrection the first time. The ultimate victory of Christ's kingdom is coming whereby he will rule in authority and power. Isn't that an amazing thing about? I'm a child of the king. We used to sing that song when we were kids. You ever sing that song? I'm a child of the king. Praise God, I'm a child of the king. And sometimes we get away from some of those things in our life, our scripture reading, in our, in our responsive reading like we did this morning, right? You need to say what scripture says about who you are and whose you are. That makes you excited and ready to brag. Listen, I'm telling you, bragging on Jesus. Christ must reign as king until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished and put to an end is death. Go to those scriptures there, Revelation 20, 11 through 15. When Satan, listen, the beast... Death gets chunked, if you will, into the lake of fire, to hell. It's done. That time has come, it will come, and that time will pass, and we shall forever be with the Lord Jesus Christ, to the glory of God. Look at your notes. The Christians will experience persecution in this life. And listen, there's a blessing promised to you. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake, Jesus said. Blessed are you. So persecution, listen, it's been given as a gift for you and me to be persecuted for Jesus Christ. Does that sound exciting to anybody? Sounds awful, doesn't it? Like, I don't want persecution. But the Lord's promise, it's coming because the world opposes you. Listen, they might say ugly things about you. They might make your job hard or even fire you. They might talk about you in school. But they crucified him. He went to death, even death on the cross. That's persecution 101. He died for you. He died for me. The Bible is very clear. We will have persecution in this life. But we have hope of eternity because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You might make fun of me. You might say, call me names. It doesn't bother me one stinking iota. just want you to know. Oh, you're one of those Baptist preachers, right? We got, we, today, that used to be a good thing. You would say, oh, he's one of those Baptist preachers. I mean, he preached and spit and slobbered, and he went forth in the Word of God. Today, having a, a preacher title is, is almost a shameful thing because so many men have False prophets have come into the, the church and they stand up and say, thus said the word of God, and they get hungry for money and, and alcohol and other things and they, they fail people and they go, uh-huh, see, look at him. And let me encourage you, 
When you walk in this place, yeah, watch me, hold me accountable, but don't ever look to me. Look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that's perfect. I'm the one that will let you down sometimes. Listen, you asked me, and I had a conversation with McKenzie the other night. I said, listen, there's, there's things you need to know about me. I, I'm not into these sinful things. I'm not cheating on your mama. I'm not into alcohol and drugs. I'm not doing those things because, listen, as, listen I have asked God, please strike me dead before I get into any of those sins that would lead our congregation or my personal family astray. Pray that prayer. Lord, keep me whole. Keep me, listen, not saying perfect. Please, if you died, I'd been struck down after that first prayer, right? But I'm asking the Lord, strike me dead. Now, if I die this Sunday, you're going to say, uh-huh, wonder what sin he was in, right? I have had a heart attack, so I, I, I'm, I'm ticking, right? My ticker's ticking. And there's only so many ticks you get in the ticker. So I'm going to die, so don't blame sin for that. You can ask Wendy, did he die from something major? She'll tell you the straight up truth, right? Yep, nope. The bottom line is, listen, can we pray that before a holy God? God, I'd rather die than lead my family astray from Jesus Christ. I'd rather do, I'd, I had, that's truth from, the word, from my heart, but also from God's word. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And I wish I could live that out. Last three lines here. Christians must perceive evil for what it is and resist its association. Bad company corrupts good morals. Some of you, what comes out your mouth is evident who you're hanging around and what you're reading. I mean, you get around people. And there's people that I preached a couple weeks ago. I haven't seen them back at church because I know I made them mad. And I wasn't trying to. I was just preaching. They said something to me before church, and it was just part of the sermon. And I, was, I told my wife, I am not changing my sermon for something you tell me out that door. I'm not going to change gears because Satan knew that you were going to say what you are going to say because you've been talking about it before you come in here. You're griping and complaining. If you tell me a griping and complaining, that's in the sermon that day, I'm bringing it straight on like I was going to before you even said anything to me. Best thing is don't talk to the preacher before he preaches. Amen? <laughs> I'm available after church. I'm available after church all the time. But if, listen, I'm not going to back away because what happens is Satan knows what you're thinking. Satan knows what you're saying. And he knows what you've been talking about. He hears it. He hears it. His demons hear it. And they get active and they start working. And they, you get a crowd. You can't be satisfied with just yourself thinking that way. You've got to tell somebody else and lead them far from God. Get their mind off holy things. And then you say it to the preacher, the holy man who's supposed to preach, right? Because I'm holy because of God, not because of something special about me. And it comes in, and then when I preach from the text and it deals directly with the issue that you're dealing with or that you're complaining about, you get mad and offended thinking, I said something, you said something to me, so therefore I use this pulpit to say something back to you. How shallow of a human can you possibly be? I'm not that shallow that I would go after you individually because you know what? I was that sinner one day. I'm a preacher of the word of God, and therefore I'm going to preach as best I know how. Thus said the word of God. I'm not interested in your personal hang-ups. I'm not interested in your personal problems other than in counseling. We'll get together and take the word of God. But don't ever think I'm coming after to attack anybody. I'm here to stand as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, an ambassador of reconciliation, and trying to reconcile you from yourself, from the devil, back to God. That's your job. That's my job together that we might be one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So be careful. Don't talk to the preacher before service, all right? Because it might be in the passage that day. You are known by what you say and how you act. Is that true? Amen. All right, let's continue. Paul persuaded the Corinthian church to be sensible and wake up from their spiritual stupor and stop their sinful living. Just stop it. You say, oh, Pastor, I can't. Stop it. Get some accountability. Ask somebody to watch over your shoulder. Stay away from the liquor store if you're 
prone to what? I just buy a bottle of wine because it goes good with my rice or cookies or whatever. What is the chung that we, that we mix, right? Wendy's grandma made, uh, what was it, Wendy? Bourbon balls or Christmas cookies, right? If you got a hang up, don't eat sister's bourbon balls or, or, or cookies, right? Stay away. I'm telling you something, uh, the hang-ups, if you go to Lowe's, don't buy the Jack Daniels buckets if you got a problem with Jack Daniels. You say, well, pastor, is that being, that's been so shallow. I bought some Jack Daniels buckets not long ago and put them in Wendy's car again. It was like, whew, it smells like Tennessee in here, right? <laughs> right? Don't tempt yourself. Stay away from it. Get away. Whatever your hang-up, whatever your sin of choice is, don't go there. Get somebody in your life to connect with you. And walk it together, walk it out, and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you because you are a new creation. And I put this last part in here. Paul verbally punched the Corinthian church by saying some of them within the assembly were disgracefully ignorant of God and ignore his truth. How would you like if I walked down the pew and said, you're ignorant of the truth of God? Some people are ignorant. Listen, you can be in the church your whole life and you're ignorant of the truth of God, and therefore you ignore them. You don't know what thus said the word of God. You say, well, that offends me. It should. If you've been in church longer than 30 days and you still, God is great. God is good. Let us think. Listen, that's the appropriate prayer to pray, would you agree, if you're teaching children. But you need to get to the point, the Bible says very clearly, when you pray, Jesus said, when you pray, you pray like this. Father, God the Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And when you pray, Jesus said, when you want to talk to the Father, listen, you talk directly to him. Come boldly to his throne. Run into it like a little kid would run into a dad's workspace or mom's workspace in the kitchen. Mom, in the, in the, in the business office, in the bedroom, wherever it might be. Mom, 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 dad, dad, dad. The Bible says we run boldly before the Father. Father, there's this situation going on. Do you think he knows about it? You imagine all the, have you ever thought about your prayers over the years? You tell God, God, if you don't do something, he's like, Hang on, I've got something coming. i got something coming. But if you don't do something, we pour out our hearts. The Bible says he knows what you're asking and what you need before you even ask. But he wants you to ask. He loves to hear your voice. He loves what you're, what you're involved in. He wants to help you fix it or he wants you to carry it on. The Bible says run boldly before Father. And Jesus said, whatever you pray, pray in my name. We don't just close our prayers in Jesus' name for a reason. We close it because Jesus said, pray to the Father in my name. He didn't say pray to the Holy Spirit, even though we can talk to the Holy Spirit. It's not, he's not off limits going, wish somebody would talk to me, right? I say, hey, good morning, Father. Uh, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. That's who I pray to. I don't have to talk to the angels. I don't talk to old preachers. I don't talk to whatever statues or saints or whatever else it might be. I talk to the Father. And when I finish, listen, Father, I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Did you know that's what Jesus said? Pray to the Father. Start your prayers to the Father. That means you have a personal Father in heaven. That's a love relationship that you, you say, well, I wasn't good with my dad. Here's the deal. Don't matter about your dad. This is your heavenly Father, right? Father, here's my problems. Here's my issues. Here, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray because that's how I have access. It's like you jumped into the river of blood of Jesus and flowed right to the throne. He says, pray everything asking in my name. That's what Jesus said.
Paul said this, listen, it's to your shame that you have a ignorance of God and it's to your shame that you ignore the truth of God. Would you say that's true still today? Would you say it's a shame that some people in the church today are ignorant of the word of God? They won't pick a Bible up to save their lives. When I say turn to, they're like, look at this face. This is what I see. If you can see me, I can see you. Hey, take your Bibles and turn to. I ain't turning to nothing. You're ignorant of the things of God. Amen? I'm too tired. You're ignorant of the things of God. Because you know who will give you strength. My God shall supply all things according to all your needs, according to his riches and glory. My God, listen, he'll lift you up. Those who wait patient for the Lord, he'll lift you up as in wings on an eagle. He'll cause you to run when you have no strength. He'll cause you to get up when you can't get up. He'll cause you to go on when you can't go on because that's the God that we serve. But you're ignorant of him. Oh, my life, my life. T- there's people in this building that will tell you 50 reasons why they're so tired and exhausted. You might be going through cancer and then you got another person going through cancer saying, listen, I'm struggling so bad, Pastor, but God is good all the time. My outside's broken, my inside's broken, but God, my spirit, still keeps on keeping on. I'm not asking you to be a cheerleader and up here and do jumping jacks and those things. That's not what we're talking about. But listen, start talking like we have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Start talking like an overcomer who believes that Jesus Christ can and will do only what he can and will do. That's how we talk about Jesus. That's how we sing to Jesus. That's how we believe today. Those of us who have been, listen, blood-bought saint of the living God. We use those big words like he's redeemed me. He sanctified me. He justified me. He brought me from darkness into light. Listen, that's the God that I serve. Amen? Listen, if he's not that God, you're ignorant of the truth of God. And you ignore the truth that you have heard. You know the truth. Listen, brothers and sisters, Martin Luther King don't get credit for this. If you know Jesus, if you know him personally, if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Martin Luther King was quoting Jesus. While it's Black History Month, this is Jesus Month as well. Amen? We go back to the source, right? He's our King. He's our Lord. Let me encourage you today. If you don't know him, be the path to know him. Ask us. Ministers will be here. We'll tell you. Listen, get on your knees. Let's pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, change you forever that you might have that victorious living and say, listen, Jesus is my Lord, Jesus is my King, and you'll celebrate for eternity. Let's stand together as we pray. Father God, as we stand in your presence, knowing that your word is true, Lord, your, uh, as Paul talked to the church at Corinth, Lord, there were some believers there, they were sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. There were some believers there who'd gotten into sin, and they were arguing with one another, fighting, and all they want to do is fight and complain. And Lord, there were still others who were not even close to God. They ignored the word of God. They ignored the truth of God's word. And Lord, they stayed far, far away and put their two cents worth in and told about their beliefs and their religion. And Lord, you called out shame on that. It'd be better to walk out to the community and leave the church building than to stay here and corrupt people of God. Father God, help us not to be those people that corrupt the word of God. Help us to be people that aren't ignorant, Lord, not knowing the Word of God. Help us to be people reading the Word of God, saying, Thus saith God's Word, and I believe it. Lord, your Word's forever true. And you do change lives, Lord. I am one of 
the many, 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 Lord, you've changed throughout history. And Lord, your word is true. Anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, what a wonderful invitation you've given us. You've invited to be a part of your family. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords family. Not just for here and now to live through this life, but forever and ever and ever. Yes, for the here, but for the hereafter. Oh, glorious God, we praise you today. and Thank you that you give us an invitation to respond. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Hey, listen, if you came today and you want to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, ministers will be standing here. We invite you to come. We'll take you straight to the throne. We'll show you what we did when someone led us to Christ. We'll lead you. If you've never fallen through a believer's baptism, let us know. We'll deepen the waters. We'll get you ready to go. And if you just need to say, listen, Lord, I haven't been living like I should. I'm a Christian, and I've just been in this kind of wildfire in my life. He's ready to forgive you because the Bible is very clear. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let today be the day that you walk out of here pure and holy and righteous before a holy God. Let's sing together. We invite you to come.